and that's hold on something just happened with my phone it's so important <laughs> <laughs> why is that funny i am i'm super important damn it <laughs> Welcome to episode 58 for the Radio Day podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. Uh, we are doing this one a little late this week, guys. How you doing? Good, good. We've been or early, I guess, depending on traveling how and moving around and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah. I am excited to chat. It's been way too long for my liking. I'm not stealing internet anymore. So that's that's good. a good thing. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, tell the, tell the story because it was pretty funny. Oh, right before we started recording last week, I lost internet. So I started pirating my neighbors, and Ash seems to think that I was in my neighbor's closet. Yes. And I think someone on Twitter said that I should use a coat hanger, and I was like, this is getting really awkward really quickly. <laughs> use a coat hanger? I know. What does that even mean? <laughs> For the internet, obviously. Like a bigger oh. antenna. Oh. Yes, but still, because right? of the source, I was like, hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. The source being the internet, you mean? Yes. yes. To, to clarify, Hillary was not in a closet stealing internet. She was just <clears throat> in a basement or something stealing internet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, we didn't get a chance to record at our normal time. No. Um, or the the extra well, that time. that wasn't even our normal time. That yeah, our early time and then our early time. time. So now we're running a little bit late, but we will, of course, get caught back up. And we have a ton of stuff to talk about this week. So what do so you guys been up to? this weekend, Scott? Um, I went to Disney World for Cinco de Mayo. Nice. And, uh, Did you go to Mexico? Was it crazy on Saturday? Uh, we didn't go to Mexico, but we, we stayed at the sort of faux Mexican-themed hotel or whatever. Uh, the Coronado Springs. Yeah, yeah. So we had, um, you know, margaritas and tacos and burritos. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you actually kind of look like you're still drunk. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the, I'm Are still, you still in recovery from this weekend? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think did you, so. Did you relax though? Did you at least? Oh yeah, yeah. It was out? nice. It was pretty cool. He, he looks a little tan. He's yeah, got a little he pink. Yeah, you're better. You ate a lot of chips and you have high blood pressure. I, I had a lot of shrimp. I'm like a flamingo. That's you know. That's why I'm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned that on the uh, on the safari at Animal Kingdom. Oh. That flamingos are pink because they eat shrimp. Really? Yep. Huh. Are they huh. salt, they're saltwater birds? They eat shrimp. That's what they told me. Um, unless I was on Jungle Cruise and they were just making it up, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jungle Cruise thing. is a highly accurate source of um, yeah. information. <laughs> it was shoot, one of those two rides. They shoot the, eight crocodiles there with fake yeah. guns. Either the Safari or the Jungle Cruise. I'm not exactly sure which one that was, but that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> they also have animals that can talk there. I, I don't know if Disneyland or Disney World is the best place for information. That's true. Talking animals is, is factual. Iffy. Except for the... Oh my God, the the country bear jamboree that is like that is like the, the spawn of Satan. Yeah, it is. As a kid, you love it. As a kid, it's amazing. And as an adult, you're like, this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I took all my cousin's kids there like a month ago. It's like drinking. They sing about drinking and fighting and blood yeah. and 
Yeah. Next. Blood. They say awesome. like blood. Yeah, dude. There's now one. I to, there's now one now I need to go. There's one bear who gets up and he's like, there's blood in the sand. And you're like, what is going on? And my cousin's kids are all like dancing to it. And I'm like, this is weird as shit. And I can swear that one of the bears sounds just like Jenny Lewis too, which is, which is kind of weird to me. But Oh, wow. Whatever. Um, it probably I, is Jenny Lewis. I'm, I'm going to throw down and say that Disneyland is better than Disney World. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, East Coast, West ludicrous. Coast. The war That's continues. Totally. That's not even true. That's, I'll, give, I'll give you the LA. I'll give you the LA New York thing if you want, but Disneyland is is no match for Disney World. It's oh my world. god! It's a it's world. A world. It's, it's a world. It's a world. It's a world you don't ever want to go to. Hi, I like oh that. man, I'm staying out of this because I don't like any of them. <laughs> oh. Place. Yeah, I didn't like. I wasn't a big fan. So Hillary. Um, what have you been doing for this extended break? I want to hear about all your adventures. Uh, I don't have a lot of adventures that I can talk about, but I oh, have. Oh, jeez, you're such a spy. I know. Secretive. I, know, I, I can tell you that I've spent probably 35 hours with Fallout New Vegas. Nice. nice. Wow. Loving it. And uh, I restarted a new book. Nice. Right. What, what are you reading? It's called Bitter Blue. It just came out in May. It's by Kristen Cashore. So for people who read Graceling and Fire, this is a good book. Cool. Um, yeah. And then what else? I drank a lot for some good Maya. Tequila is my favorite. So I, I, I. So I skipped the whole margaritas and went straight to the tequila. Um, that's about that. it. Cool. Yes, yes. Cool. Matthias Grundy, what have you been doing? Grundy. Yeah, I added Grundy this week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a little fucked up tonight. I'm just telling you right now. Just lack of sleep in general. It's just going to be one of those podcasts. So I, I'm warning uh, you ahead of time. Like I said, no pants today. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep the camera up. <laughs> it's up. Don't worry. Um, and I actually have pants on. I'm just scaring people. I, uh, I'm going to follow that. I uh, I had a friend in town. Uh, our old drummer Patrick was up here with his girlfriend, so we hung out in New York, and I showed him around a little bit. And then he went to a show. He actually went and saw Fred Armisen on Sunday night. I didn't end up going, but he did, which looked cool. And otherwise, I just kind of hung out, chillaxed, as they say. Nice. For some reason, my brain told me that Fred Arneson was Fred Durst, and then I was thinking to myself, why would you? Why Did would I tell you guys go? I saw Fred Durst outside of the Marvel building? Um, what was he doing? He uh, was Is he the naked cowboy now? <laughs> no, I, I was on the phone with my mom. Otherwise, I would have totally gone and taken a picture with him just for, for proof of that, that I saw yeah. But he just he's he's like, he just like walked past me. He looks exactly like he did in like 1999 or whatever. Wow. Was he wearing like, a hat? He was. He was wearing a red hat with a back. Oh, I think it was on Ford. So he had a red hat on, and they had. It's almost like he wants people to know he's Fred Durst. You know, it seems like it'd be easy to not be Fred Durst if he didn't want to. But so yeah. all you need to do is wear a red hat, and you can be Fred Durst. Like, like the chin strap beard, full sleeve yeah. tattoos, red hat on. You know, yeah, he's yeah. a pretty burly dude. He's not the littlest guy in the world. What What was the What did well, I don't even remember what they. Nookie. Why are we talking about this? What did they sing? Cookie. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I forgot the Nookie song. Yeah, you gotta have yeah, faith. Yeah, the Nookie. Yeah, the Nookie. Wow. I remember now. <laughs> hey Ash, how about you? I know what you did this weekend. <laughs> oh boy. Um, let me ask you guys this question. 
What's the longest wedding you've ever been to? Oh no. Because I may have I may have you beat. Um like ceremony or the whole thing? The whole thing. Start to finish. Like a weekend? A weekend? Yeah. Well you well, start like there's like a party and then there's the wedding and then there's a big party and then there's how a about Sunday this? morning. From when party. the actual <laughs> wedding ceremony starts until you can leave the premises. <laughs> like twelve hours? Oh shit! Of course you win, West Coast. What up, You know, here I was thinking I was a badass because mine was ten and yours is twelve, and you win. So yeah, I went to a ten-hour wedding. Um, one of my friends got married, and I drove a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and yeah, and um, went to the wedding, and then driving back, I almost died about ten times, and I what? missed work on Monday, so. Um, short story is everyone on Interstate 75 can't really drive, and um, somebody ran a red light in the morning and almost smashed into us, and I was able to avoid that one. And then driving back in the left lane on I-75 going like 90 miles per hour, and I see like a semi-truck tire like bouncing basically down the highway toward me. Oh, my God. And um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense. And then I, I was like, well, what do I do? And Good thing I play a lot of video games and I had like 45 energy drinks in my body <laughs> because I was able to slow down time like Neo from the Matrix and kind of like look and assess the situation as to what was happening. So I look to my right and there is a semi truck on my right so I can't swerve to the right lane and I look ahead of me and traffic had come to a dead stop because people had hit debris and then I look to my left and realize that there is nothing but a shoulder. Uh, and so I whipped into the shoulder going like 80 miles per hour and I'm riding the shoulder and crap's flying all over the place. And I slow down and stop right before there's the collision, you know. And then I look behind me and traffic's racing up behind me. And then slowly, um, it made this sound like, I was able to like speed up and then move around the accident. And then I didn't die. But it was pretty close to death. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And then um, another semi-truck had a blowout right in front of me. And tire debris like basically flew and almost hit my car. And then a guy's trailer like started fishtailing. It was fucking crazy. And it also took us like 14 hours to get it home. It was which a is... really long time. Melissa checked, in, <laughs> Melissa checked in at like the Georgia border and I called her. And I'm like, you're just at the Georgia border? And she's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, it took you for friggin' ever just to get there. She's like, well, from here it's only like three hours, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're like five hours from home still. Yeah, it was, in, it was intense. It was a long wow, journey. But, that's um, crazy. I was able to uh, take off work on Monday and kind of recuperate so I'm not Good. totally – zombified so but uh the trip was nice i got to go up to the mountains and bum around for a good 12 hours (laughs) and then drove drove right back so but uh other than that i played some uh scribble knots on the ios which was fun oh cool i played some uh mass effect multiplayer yeah scribble knots is only 99 cents now and it's awesome so let's do the rundown We have some PAX Prime news this week, as well as news on um, Avengers box office, which is quite staggering. Uh, Some news about Bethesda and um, their new MMO. Uh, Also, we have the Ant-Man by uh, Edgar Wright. And let's see. Oh, Kevin Pereira leaving G4. And what else? I can't read today. <laughs> and some other stuff. Wow. So we're also going to talk about Free Comic Book Day and uh, our buddies over at Press to Reset. We've got some stuff to do with them. Uh, we've got reviews. I think, Hillary, you're going to talk about Fallout New Vegas. Yep. I am going to briefly speak about Star Wars Connect. Uh, Did Ash, you get it? 
I have it at my house at the moment. Ah, I did not purchase okay. it, but I have Okay. Ash has got a Dragon Age of Silent Grove, which is a new book, I'm assuming, correct? Graphic novel. <clears throat> Graphic novel. Uh, Ash and I are going to talk about the Avengers as spoiler-free as we possibly can. Scott played some Fable Heroes on, uh, did you play on the Xbox? I did. And then I have, I brought back the comic of the week with the Infinite Horizon, a new trade. Um, and then our Twitter question this past two weeks, essentially, was uh, what game, movie, or television series would you help create with unlimited resources? And we got some great answers. We're going to talk about that, too. Awesome. So. All right, well, let's just break into it. Ash, you uh, you tweeted this out and I think wrote a quick story about it, too. Um, PAX Prime 100% sold out or yeah. just the three-day pass? Uh, everything at this point. But what I found really interesting is on the last podcast we were talking about how – you know, there's this pack mentality with um, conventions these days <clears throat> in that you pretty much have to buy your three-day pass as quickly as possible. So as soon as I got wind that three-day passes um, were on sale for packs, I kind of contacted some people and I was like, hey, you should probably pick up your pass now. I don't know when it's going to sell out, da 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 And lo and behold, um, about, geez, four hours after they went on sale – all PAX three-day passes were gone, which is upwards of 65,000, 70,000 people. Um, so uh, I don't know how many of those are allocated for three-day passes, but it is um, alarming how quickly these three-day passes are going. So uh, at this point, PAX Prime um, is completely sold out, and uh, there's going to be no on-site sales at all this year. So if you don't have a pass, it looks like you're probably not going to go unless you can work some sort of magic. So. Wow. I saw that they posted a blog about this talking about how shocked they were that this happened and how fast it went. So I think even they're a little blown away about the response at this point. But I mean, at the same time, we give them good press. Everybody gives them good press. Like, not that we sold 60,000 tickets, but you know what I mean? Like, we, <laughs> yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is that I've never heard anyone speak of PACs in a negative way. Everybody comes away from PACs going, man, that's how a conference should get run. It definitely does. It's a very positive experience. It's very fan oriented, particularly for. I feel like it's more heavy on video games too, which is which oh, is cool. Well, I think gaming in general, they they do so much with tabletop mm -hmm. and with and with pen and paper, and you know digital with, with video games. They're just they're good people. Yeah. So yes. I I want to thank you, Ash, for sending me a text message because you kind of kicked me into getting a ticket. So thanks. Oh, you're very <laughs> you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Good. I missed the deadline. Yeah. No, no problem at all. And um, I'm, I'm thinking, well, it looks like a lot of people um, that are friends of the podcast are going to be there. So again, if you are listening to this and you are attending uh, PAX East this year, there are going to be um, a number of, us, number of us from the show there. So make sure that you send us a tweet at Nerd Appropriate and we'll gladly hang out and say hey and grab some food or whatever. It'll be fun. Tequila. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ash will not have tequila. Yeah. I can't. I'll turn into a green monster. Uh, so, I mean, we don't have to get too far into this because we can talk a little bit more in the review, but um, two weeks ago, the Avengers came out internationally. It made almost $270 million in a single weekend internationally, and they were like, wow, it's on track to hit 500, which would be the biggest global release in the history of movies. Mm. And then sure enough, this weekend, uh, they grossed 207.3, I think was the number, million dollars in three days of it being in theater. It was um, the number one opening weekend of a movie of all time, beat Batman, beat Harry Potter, destroyed the movies. I mean, I think the next highest was Batman at 158, if I remember correctly. 
or was it Harry Potter at like 170? Either way, they they toppled it by like 30 or 40 million dollars. Incredible. Um, and they're saying it's on track to obviously be probably the highest grossing movie of all time. Um, this is insanity. And to put it in perspective for you, Marvel got bought by Disney. Uh, I want to say eight years ago, or no, not that long ago. It wasn't even that long ago. It was probably about four or five years ago mm-hmm. for uh, right around four and a half billion dollars. So this movie by itself just made a 16th of the entire sale of Marvel to Disney in a single weekend domestically. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. And and we're going to talk about why it made so much money in just a few minutes here. So we will, but yeah. uh, but it is a, a massive amount of news, and I think it's it's absolutely insane. It's lining this summer up to be probably one of the biggest summers um, in record because not only do we have the Avengers, we've got Batman, we've got Spider Man, we've got Men in Black, we've got a Pixar movie, we've Prometheus. got Prometheus. Yes, Prometheus. Um, I mean, this it, this summer is insane with like summer movies. So. Pretty awesome, and it definitely started off with a bang. This is this is gigantic. And they can use some of that profit to help pay for the John Carter movie. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ouch. I think that just got marketed really poorly, unfortunately. But oh yeah. well. Yeah. So, so there'll be Twilight movie later in the is year. Is there really? I'm sure, oh, I'm sure all of you two? are. Yeah, part two. I'm sure all of you are just so excited about the Breaking Dawn movie. Man. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that one guy. Yeah. Oh, Sparkles God. or something. And the other yeah. hot guy, too. Oh. The one who wears your shirt. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I thought Breaking Dawn was the sequel to Point Break. Is it not? <laughs> Is that a joke? So, Hillary, um, you have some awesome Bethesda news for us uh, regarding the Elder Scrolls Online, and I want to know what your take on this whole situation is. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's not a big secret that Bethesda is probably one of my favorite game studios next to Bioware. So I was really excited to hear about the Skyrim DLC that was coming out, which we all know is called Dawnguard by now. Um, but they also are coming out with an MMO with the Elder Scrolls Online, which I'm a little concerned about, not going to lie. Good news is it's being produced by um, ZeniMax Online and being published by Bethesda. So um, just when the news was out, it was a trending topic, so that kind of got my attention. Um, the trailer, I think, is out, but it's set a thousand years before um, Skyrim, and it's set in the same world, and it's an open-world PvP I think it's coming out sometime in 2013 on PC and Mac. So right away, um, there's a barrier for entry for me, just because I'm not a I'm not a strong PC player. So I probably won't be playing this one. But I'm hoping that they don't put a whole bunch of um, resources and assets behind this Elder Scroll title, because I'm really hoping that they come out with an Elder Scrolls Six in the future on pl- on different platforms. But yeah. it, it should be interesting. I saw some of the screenshots, and the art is is beautiful, but it kind of looks like Capcom. Not gonna lie. But yeah, yeah I mean, do do any of you play um, MMOs? Um, I'm um, still currently paying for Star Wars. <sighs> we tried yeah. to play Star Wars, and we just couldn't uh, we couldn't stick with it. Yeah, I I used to be a big MMO player. Like I played um, World of Warcraft for a really long time. Um, was really into that, and then of course I played uh, Star Wars The Old Republic and maxed my level out in that and then had to put it down just because 
I found myself kind of getting in the same patterns that I got into with World of Warcraft. It was just a lot of repetition, a uh, very mm-hmm. grindy feeling. But I think that's the 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 major problem with all MMOs. How do you make repetition fun? Um, how do how do you make the the game has the game itself the gameplay has to be enjoyable, not just the reward of getting a new item. So I think mm-hmm. um, hopefully. In the future, MMOs actually make the the act of playing more fun than it currently is. How it is right now with just a ton of hot bars and, and crap all over the screen, um, that to me will never be fun a- anymore. Like there has mm-hmm. to be – the actual act of playing has to be enjoyable. And I hate to like you know just keep you know massaging Mass Effect, Mass Effect multiplayer, but even though it's a third-person um, action title – the act of playing that is fun and the act of getting rewards is fun. So how do you translate that into a massive multiplayer online game? And that's what I'd love to see. Um, what would make you have to put this on your PC and play it? Like what would this game have to have that wouldn't make you be like a day one purchase for you? I don't know. Um... Don't say naked gnomes because <laughs> that will disturb me. I you know I really don't know. I think I have I have my own prejudice built in about MMOs. There's something I took a survey actually recently because I actually work during my day job. I'm I'm a marketing director for a market research company. That's it's a software company, but we do market research. And I actually took a survey on my type of gaming, and it turns out that I'm something called a conquering captain, which is um, I like I'm a super competitive player, and I like having things that are finished and I finish them well, I guess. So I think for me, the daunting thing about an MMO is that it, it constantly keeps going. So yeah, I yeah. like I like the feeling of beating a game and putting it away and then yeah. going back to it if I want. I mean, that's the whole idea that, you know, people are relying on me to do campaigns um, and the whole idea that, that it just keeps on going like a never-ending universe. It kind of doesn't, I mean, it feels like Groundhog Day to me. That doesn't sound yeah. like I no. want to do that. Yeah. It definitely feels those games feel like Groundhog Day after a while. If you've done the same du- dungeon, you know, mm-hmm. eight, ten, twelve times, you start to ask yourself, "Well, why am I doing this to myself?" I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> is your time really worth like a digital item that you know that you're going to replace in a couple months well, anyway? So, I mean, Scott's talked about this before with 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 MMOs. It's all about that subscription fee. It's all about replay, so they can keep somebody just sitting there playing over and over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I that's, think it's, that's... Like, it's just like a dangling carrot, you know, just mm-hmm. to get yeah. the next piece of loot or whatever. It yeah. totally is. Yeah. I, I think the 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 future of MMOs is definitely going to be to have a very rewarding playing experience and that being the thing that draws people back in, you know, with, the, of course, the possibility of new items and stuff like that. But again, it's just got to be fun. And that's why so many people like games like Borderlands, you know. Mm-hmm. Borderlands has the loot, but it also it's really, really fun to run around with your friends and shoot stuff. So... I think that hopefully is going to be the new model. Keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so Matt. Yeah. Shifting gears to some more um, Marvel slash film news. Yeah. Uh, Ant Man by Edgar Wright, who we all love. What What do you What do you have here? Because I haven't seen this. Um. So a few days ago, it's been on rumor that Edgar Wright's going to be doing an Ant Man movie since before the Avengers. Um, they actually thought it was going to come out before the Avengers, and then Ant Man would be in it. Uh, so Ant Man is a character named Hank Pym who basically has the power to shrink down to the size of an ant and then eventually became, didn't he become giant man too, right? Where he could grow, he does, until, yeah. you know, he giant man. all that. So he, he was had these powers of shrinking and growing as, as small or as big as he could. And he's also a sort of super scientist along the lines of, 
Bruce Banner or um, Mr. Fantastic or, you know, that kind of level of intelligence. And um, so the other day, his character is really weird. And we won't get into a story because it's a long, he has a lot of weird, he beats his wife, I think it is at one point, And then he like kills a guy from the back. His story gets really dark for a little while, like in the eighties. Hmm. But uh, Edgar Wright the other day tweeted out, um, this picture and all it is is a yellow sign and there's a guy and then an ant and then the ant-man costume and that's all he really tweeted he didn't go too much more into it and it just says receive this in the mail what can it mean and mm. uh so there's a bunch of speculation as to whether marvel sent it to him or whether he got it from a studio or whether a fan sent it he didn't really go into it but obviously i think it means the ant-man movie is seemingly moving forward uh, with Edgar Wright at the helm, and I don't—I honestly don't know if I can think of a better director for this because it's such a weird property that uh, I think Edgar Wright could handle it with a really good sense of humor and a really, really awesome yeah. story. I mean, if you look at Scott Pilgrim, you know that's that's like a great. Absolutely. Now, who would you like to see play Ant Man if you could dreamcast it? Man, uh... don't say Vern Troyer. The... <laughs> Do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hank Pym is a normal-sized human being. He's not—he is not a man of of uh, what do you call that? Dwarfism. <laughs> he doesn't have dwarfism. Is that right? I don't even know. Oh, I don't. Is that what he has? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's got to be kind of a nerdy, blonde-haired dude, right? Who's not very good with the ladies and. Uh, isn't really super buff. He's kind of normal stature. He's he's not really anything remarkable. That's the weird thing about Hank Pym is that he's just kind of a normal guy at the end of the day. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, not Justin Timberlake. I think you want that for selfish reasons. Yeah. Nah. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know who. Who would you, who would you put in? I, I'm trying to think. I mean, he really is just kind of a normal guy. He's not really anything Skeet. crazy. Skeet. <laughs> you just wanted me to say Skeet again. Damn it! You got me. <laughs> skeet 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 unfortunate oh man um not skeet i don't know i don't know what about uh you could i know this is just in my mind because you just said that but what about like uh zach morris <laughs> mark paul, paul, paul mark paul gassler or ooh, yeah. or the dude from uh uh hackers i could oh. be doing it he'd be good johnny lee miller yeah, yeah, Johnny Lee Miller. He'd be good. He's in the new um, Johnny Depp movie, the Dark Dark Shadows. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see him doing it though. He'd he'd pull it off. He'd be good. He'd be good. Mm. So yeah. either way, either way, we're excited for Ant Man. Um, yeah. I would like to see more additions to the Avengers cast. I'd like to see Ant Man come in. I'd like to see Miss Marvel come in. Yeah. So um, that that would be great. Uh, if Ant Man is actually out before the next Avengers movie, which they're saying is 2015 now. Yes. So um. With, yeah. with Joss Whedon, right? Didn't they keep Joss Whedon attached? Uh, I sure hope so. Yeah. I really do. So we'll see. So, uh, Ash, this bit of news came out today, uh, right? And I was going to let you talk about it. Uh, Kevin Pereira leaves G4. Yeah, it's funny. Um, we were actually talking about this on our trip uh, up this weekend. Uh, one of my friends was asking me if I was still um, watching G4, still watching Attack of the Show and stuff. And I was like, I don't really watch it too often anymore. Um and they're, they're asking me, well, is, you know, Kevin Pereira still on the show? And I was like, yeah, but I was like, I honestly said, I'm like, it feels kind of like he's done. Like he's really, 
I don't want to say he's phoning it in at this point, but you can tell he's not really excited to do the show anymore. Yeah. But I mean, imagine doing that show, being on the network for a decade and like sure. having to be funny five days a week. So we were talking about how he, you know, he kind of feels like he's done. And then today he, he goes on record saying, hey, you know, press release is out. It's official. I'm, I'm leaving G4 as of June 1st. I'm going to finish up the show and then I'm going to do E3 and then that's it. I'm done. Um, so is anyone actually kind of surprised by this? Is anyone kind of worried about what's going to happen to the, sh- the network or the show or is it just kind of feel like the swan song of the whole network at this point? Yeah, I'm not worried about the network. Like, I think if, like, the joke goes, you know, if they didn't air cops 53 times a day, then maybe we would worry more about it. But it's like, now that Sessler's gone, now that Pereira's gone, I really watched that channel for personalities. I never watched it because the, sh- I mean, the shows were good due to the people who were on them, not because the show is some, like, amazing, you know, block of content. I don't, I don't know how else to put that, but. If this is any indication about what's happening over at G4 right now, they're actually going to air some of Ninja Warrior, uh, the American Ninja Warrior, on NBC this year and not not on G4. Really? Interesting. Yeah, so they're, they're taking stuff away from them now and putting it on, like, the on the main channel. Is that you know? like their summer? Mm-hmm. They're going to fill the summer with that? Yeah, they're going to fill the summer, and it's I'm guessing that it's partially a reaction to, you know, the previous success of shows like Wipeout and stuff like that. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kevin Pereira, though, also, to his credit, ha- has been doing other ventures this entire time. You know, he, like, you've gotten the notes, he's, he's he launched a production company called Super Creative. Um, he's, he did that lead up in L.A. He had a social, like, sharing site that he built for a little while that was going that I don't think ever really got off the ground too far. But the dude's been doing a lot on top of just being a host at G4, so... Well, yeah. didn't didn't last week didn't someone say that you know assessment leaving there's almost like an Avengers kind of group coming together of key video game personalities just maybe there's something in the works maybe there's even a new network in the works maybe. yeah there might be there I might be so. still a lot of stuff that we don't know I mean it's, it's, it, it, it's weird right it's a little weird yeah it's a yeah. little weird. Like, it was weird when Cesar left, and now, like, Pereira's going, and you're like, this is weird. And then I, like, I feel like Morgan Webb is the only holdout on that station at this point. And if she yeah. walked, it'd be like, what? or maybe Blair Butler. Like, those are the two that I could see being like, what is going on over there? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're so, they're notoriously hush-hush about it. So, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But needless to say, um, you know, I I was a huge fan of Attack of the Show for a while. It ma- made me laugh a whole lot. So, I wish the guy a lot of luck. Um, you know, he's always been really good to his fans, and um, and I'm sure he'll do awesome at whatever he's doing. But ten years at anything is a really long time. So definitely. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good luck, Kevin Pereira, in supercreative.tv. Um, well, this is really quick. This is just a quick hit of news. But this past Saturday, along with being Cinco de Mayo, was also Free Comic Book Day, um, which is a day that happens. It's the first Saturday of May of every year. And basically every comic book vendor in the country just has free comic books. You just go by the store, you can pick them up, you can read them. It's kind of an awesome day. All the um, major publishers just give them like free books to kind of, a lot of them are like to intro you to characters and do all this other stuff. Uh, I went this year, my comic store was absolutely packed. I mean like crazy packed from the morning until night. Hmm. And uh, it prompted me to look up online how like, comic book stores we're doing around the nation and from a little bit of research it looks like comic book free comic book this day this year was a pretty big success and uh 
I would like to say that it's probably partly due to the Avengers and Batman coming out this summer too. I think mm. having free comic book day on the Avengers release weekend and having Batman a month away probably doesn't hurt getting people out to try new comics. Um, but the real point of the story is that I know that Dark Horse and I think Vertigo and Marvel and possibly DC all have their free comics up on their digital apps for free. So you can go look up free comic book day. They'll all, they're all marked as such and you can, uh, you can read them and it's pretty cool. And Arkea did a really awesome one with, they'd put out mouse guard, which is a really great comic if you've never read it. And they had a hard covered free comic and it was a collection wow. of all the comics they put out and you can read a little introduction story to every single comic they do. And it's a really awesome collection. So Awesome. Definitely check it out. Remember it next year. We'll, we'll try. I'll try to post. I did last year. After, I didn't get one up in time this year about a free comic book day. And but all the comics are up online. So definitely go hit up the publishers and, and see cool. if you can pick up their comics for free. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yes. I downloaded some on my uh, Marvel app on my iPad, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wait, Somebody you got an free... iPad? Yeah, they gave me one at work. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, um, news. So yeah, so this is uh... <laughs> 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 all right. So there, there is another podcast. We've talked about them in the past, and they're called um, Reset Transmission. It's for this website, uh, PressToReset dot com, and they do um, you know a lot of game reviews and things just like us. And their podcast is a lot of fun. And they actually uh, approached us, which is funny because I had the same idea, but they approached us with um, doing a swap episode, a crossover of sorts. And it's kind of born out of the whole concept of old comic book crossovers where one person would, from one team would go fight another team for a little while, et cetera, et cetera. So what we're going to do is at the end of the month, um, Reset Transmission and Nerd Appropriate are going to do a wipe swap episode. And uh, <laughs> it looks as though a member of their team will be on our podcast and one of us will be on their podcast. So you'll you'll hear all about that probably on their podcast and then we'll announce it a little bit later on. But that's just a little bit of a heads up. There's going to be a strange voice for you to listen to in the near future. And um, it should be a lot of fun. They're a pretty zany group. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with some reviews after this. Gray wizard said with a smile. Do you truly wish to live a life so plain and simple when in another man's shoes you haven't walked a mile? There is a fire. Gertz's new song, The Hobbit Song, which is, of course, a song about hobbits. And you can find her work on Bandcamp, um, and you can find her on Facebook and MySpace, uh, at Cosby Sweater on Twitter as well. Uh, thanks again to Allie Gertz for allowing us to use her song, and we love it, and it's very catchy. So thank you. Hooray! Yay! I can see that song as being the closing credits to the next Hobbit movie. It, it fits <laughs> quite well, you know? Which one of the nice. endings? Ooh, it's true. Hobbit burn. Ooh, Hobbit burn. <laughs> so, Hillary, 
Yes. You are playing um, a game that many of us love um, called Fallout New Vegas, and you raised a question that says, "Is it time to revisit old games?" So let's let's talk about your. I think Scott raised that question. Oh. Well, <laughs> I think no. Wait, wait a minute. She. No, I, think, said, I think I might have said something, and then Scott made a really like brilliant contribution. I think we should make. Oh. I, I want to make this like a like a annual summertime segment, which is like playing down the game pile, like that kind of thing. Like like summer of Netflix type thing. Yeah, it's like summer of Netflix because summer is is uh, like a great time to play down all of the video games that you bought over Christmas and just never made time to play. Truth. 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 Real talk. Truth, yeah. Truth, bro. Yeah. So Fallout New Vegas. Um, I've I've when I tell people this, they get excited because I think it's such a great game that it's almost like people can live vicariously through my first experience with the game. I'm obviously a huge fan of Fallout Three. Um, it's it's really great. I hate the Cazadors or whatever those flying horrible oh, those bugs. Bug fucking things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate those things. Those and Death Claws can't stand. Um, but overall, I love the game. I mean, it's kind of um, The Walking Dead meets like Mad Men meets like Ocean's 12 or Ocean's 11, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a really great game, except when Johnny Guitar comes on the radio, I have to kind of oh my and gosh, change how, the how, does that, how does that go? How does that go? <laughs> Uh, I know I heard it a thousand times, and now Johnny I can't remember. Johnny Guitar, yeah. Um, <laughs> for my Johnny, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Johnny Guitar. Yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> that one and then the Jessica Rabbit song. Um, yes, you hear them a yeah. thousand times. Yeah, you hear it again and again. And the thing about Fallout 3 is that the music, even though it was on repeat – it had i don't know i could take it a little bit more this mm-hmm. kind of music is you know with the spur dangling and the <laughs> yeah a little more a little more western than uh... yeah i mean i like that it's on the west coast or southwest yay but uh... <laughs> oh my god the battle <laughs> <That's right> in... <laughs> but um no it's it's pretty cool i mean i'm at the part where well i don't that's know why i like fallout but... dc so much you, you at this point you're welcome to spoil it yeah, it's, okay, so, yeah. it's fine. You're welcome to. Okay, so. fine. I just killed. Oh, I've done like a million side quests, and I yeah. upgraded uh, Ed, which is interesting. You know, like Mass Effect Ed, but Ed. Yeah. 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 Love, the love that. Virgin. Love it. And um, yeah, I've got. I finally made it to New Vegas, and I killed Benny. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to kill Benny, but I'm like, you, Jarek shot me in the head. <laughs> um, so I kill him, and um, now I'm on. I just met this weird robot who is telling me how to use the platinum chip. No oh boy. So time to make choices. So I'm gonna shit do is about to get crazy. Can't wait to hear what happens. It cause... escalates really fast at that point. Like yes. it goes from it... yes, it gets really quick, very quick. Yeah, yeah, I've played literally 35 hours. So I mean, I've done nice. I've done some really good side quests. Um, but yeah, I mean. If I can stay away from those Cazadors and and I want to kill the Death Claws, but for some reason I'm just like not able to. Um, did we all play this game, Scott? Did you play? No, I haven't. How is it? How is it? I guess different from Fallout Three. The story is a lot different. I mean, you know how in Fallout Three you start and you know it's your dad and he's you know telling you you're you're in the vault and mm-hmm. you're making your way out of the vault and then it turns into you know save your dad. Or, you know, do something with water. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah. Um, this one's a little bit different. <laughs> I mean, you start out and you just... Hit, really just impactful narrative is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I think that Fallout 3 has a stronger emotional um, kind of story because it's about, like, your family. 
it's, it's almost like the, it's more poignant because it's your dad versus mm-hmm. this one is like, I want revenge for someone shooting me in the face. I did feel like a lot more rebellious in New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like I just was like, I could do whatever I wanted kind of. Is the gameplay right. the same though? In terms of like the item collecting and weapons and stuff like that? There's more crafting. I mean, basically now you can you can pick um, flowers in the desert and and put, go by a campfire and make things like anti venom and things like that, which is actually quite useful against the Cazadors, I found out. Um, but yeah, so it, there's a there's a bigger crafting component to this one than there was okay. before. And you can break down ammunition and build ammunition, and it, it's more you know workbenchy. So I, there, there's some uh, things that are different, but the combat, I, I, I don't know. You guys tell I, the vats are still the same. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty similar. That didn't change too much. It, it feels a little more um, refined. Like it didn't feel as unruly yeah. as the first one. Me- but... Melee combat works a lot better yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's same exact system though. Like it's yeah. still totally Fallout. Like they didn't change the Fallout system of how you level and your perks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So Scott brings up a good point that summer is an excellent time to uh, play all the games you've been kind of putting off and sort of like, you know, playing down that game pile, as he likes to say. So is there anything on your game pile that you guys are going to be actually um, digging through this summer, even though this is going to be a busy as heck summer? Got Batman. Oh, you have Batman. Ooh, yeah. Batman. Interesting. That one. That's so good. Um. I have a few. I have um, Assassin's Creed Revelations, which is still in the shrink wrap. I know. Uh, I need to yeah. play through that. I have um, the game that I won at the uh, PAX Swap, which was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I'm at least going to play the campaign for all all of three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you better so, do that soon before Call of Duty 2012 comes out. Oh, I know, right? Followed by Call of Duty you know, 2012 Quarter 4. I know. I know. <laughs> It's pretty sad when I've been putting off playing like a three and a half, four hour game, but I've been putting off playing it, even though you know the story is pretty decent. Though. I mean, they're always pretty gripping, aren't they? Uh, I mean, you know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like yeah, I, I think I stopped being gripped. Um, <laughs> when the trailer for Bulletstorm came out, is that when you stopped? Being yeah, gripped? when I started realizing what fun was like again, the the, yeah. the grip yeah. loosened on me. I was like, oh, this is what joy feels like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay, I remember. Scott and I, have, Scott and I have Gears Three. We got to do. Oh, we do. Yeah, so good. You guys should recruit Hillary for that one. I still have. I, I have it. I just haven't played it. Oh, we haven't either. There you go. Three of us. You're on the squad. You'd like. Woo! It. You guys are uh, blast. <clears throat> I would recommend that everyone play um, Risen before Risen, Risen 2 comes out. Oh, yeah? I've never played Risen. Great game. Isn't that the pirate game? hardcore RPG. Uh, no, I think this, the second one is a pirate game. But this okay. One, the first one's like a, it's just a proper RPG. It, cool. it's, just, it's really good. I loved it. Cool. I'll check it out. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. And it's one of the games that I've never been able to pass because the end boss is so hard. Oh, I hate Seriously. It, like it is currently seventeen dollars on Amazon right now. Awesome. No joke. Awesome. awesome. Check it Go out. Get it. Sure. And then tell me how to beat the end guy and I'll be very happy. <laughs> it's very yeah. rare that so I don't figure out how to beat someone. Severe, severe game fact at the end of the day. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Guys, go play this game so you can tell me how to beat it at the end. <laughs> I know. It's the only game that I've like not been able to pass. It's it's, oh, really? it's actually yeah, and it's such a great game that it didn't blow it for me. You know, that's not a deal breaker. 
I'll go back and play it. Awesome. All right, guys. I did it, guys. I got Star Wars Connect. I'm so sorry. What was... <laughs> oh, no. Tell me, tell me about that. I signed up for Gamefly, and I was like, I signed up, I put three games on my list, and of course, this is the one that shows up first, the Star Wars Connect. So I finally put it in this weekend. I honestly, I don't, this isn't a full-fledged review. I didn't get, like, you know, probably all of the 15 hours that this game might comprise done. I played for about two hours, I think, maybe three um, and I'll tell you what the deal breaker was then. Uh, this, so this is pretty quick. It's, first of all, I don't think the Connect, at least in this game, the Connect is not ready for lightsaber battle. It's, sure. it's <laughs> fucking awful. It's like, it, it lags constantly. Everything you do is like a second behind. So then like when you're dueling, cause you, you can do one-on-one duels and then there's fights where you essentially just slaughter lizard people for about an hour. <laughs> Poor just lizard people, Wholesale slaughter them. Just, like, destroy them with no second thought whatsoever. But, so in the one-on-one duels, you, you have to, like, parry and kind of dodge and then, like, swing back at them and you build up this kind of attack meter by blocking their shots so that you can swing back at them. Problem is, mm-hmm. to block their shots, you have to have timing, which is completely eliminated by the fact that when you do something, it happens, like, a split second later. So, by the time they start moving, like you have to have already like done like, yeah, like don't hit me, like kind of thing. <laughs> and you have to guess what side they're coming at. So it's like, I feel like they were so close because there's so much that it, it could have been fun because the way the blocking and fighting system works is it's dynamic. It's not just like waggling your hand, you know, like you have to block to the right or block to the left or you have to dodge like a certain direction or something like that. It's not just like, oh, if you move, then you'll dodge, or if you put your hand up, you'll block it. Like, you have to block in certain directions. Um, but the problem with that is it's so friggin' laggy, you, you can't do it. It's like, you can do it, but it's just random. And then you end up just doing, they call it the figure eight, and it literally, all I can think of is when Kermit the Frog has the sword in the Muppet movie, <laughs> and he's just going like this the whole time. <laughs> That's all I felt like throughout the entire sword fight. I was just like, and then my guy would like block and then swing on him and hit him. It was pointless. Um, this was like one specific game that I really thought would have sh- like have really shined if it was with uh, Wii Motion Plus and not on the Kinect. Yeah. Because you need to hold something in your hand. That's where we're going with this review. So, yeah. okay. So the rest of the game comprises of a bunch of mini games, which are um, I'll try to remember them all. It's the Pod Racer game. There's a duel game. There's a Smash, right? There's some kind of Smash like Force game, and then there's there's a dance game. Uh, Star Wars dance for game. unknown reasons whatsoever, just Star Wars dance. Uh, I I did not play Star Wars Dance, so I oh come on it. man I will I'll play it and we can talk about it I'll write something or we'll talk about it later but I did not do it <laughs> I want to see that review um, the Star Wars Dance review so here's the real problem yeah. here's the the great actually I'll say the positive the best positive of the game is the actual force powers feel awesome and they are the best part of the game they work really well you basically like hold your hand out and you can like target like a rock and you can pick it up and then you can fling it like left or right. You can, like, force push guys backwards. Like, all of that stuff works well. It responds quickly. It feels good. It's, it's easily the best part of the game. Um, so in the, in the kind of tutorial when you're starting your character out, they put you on a speeder bike, which sounds like so much fun. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> on a speeder bike. 
until you're 20 minutes into holding your hands like this straight <laughs> and you are ready to just like chop your arms off at the shoulders because they are on fire my shoulders. do they make you do like a squat for 20 minutes too like you're sitting <laughs> on your feet <laughs> it's like taibo i thought yeah okay well when you want to like go forward you'd put your arms out and then you'd put them you'd reset you know and then kind of do what you need to do otherwise no yeah. In order to move on the speeder, you have to be holding your arms in a stationary position out in front of you. And then you lean left to lean, you lean right to lean, and then you pull back to break. Otherwise, your arms have to be all the way out in front of you or your speeder will not move. And you do it, I swear to God, for 20 minutes. It, my arms wanted to die. I wanted to murder everything around me. Awesome. And it's the same exact mechanic for the pod racer. So I didn't, I didn't even touch that game. Because I have like, I was, just, it was horrible. It was just an awful experience. Um, the game feels extremely rushed somehow, even though they I know they announced it like a year and a half ago. All of the cutscenes are really like jarring. They just like it'll be like a cutscene that leads to another cutscene that leads to another cutscene that then leads you into you're actually playing the game. Yeah. So it's just really like it's really like jutter like jittery and, and the animation looks like it came from the Wii. Like it doesn't look like a three sixty mm-hmm. game. It it just overall like they were aiming for Clone Wars style animation, which would be awesome if it looked even like a tenth of the Clone Wars, it, it looks really like you can see gaps like in the like in the models, like you can see through yeah. in their back of their mouth and stuff. Man. So it just it just is really not I could this is hurt, hurting my soul. I could see Scott playing it and probably enjoying it. You know, just <laughs> no I'm serious. It's like, a bad game. Scott, you like it. No, no, no. Well because I know Scott and Star Wars. Like it's, Yeah, I'll it's probably an, have to get it. It's an enjoyable as a like I guess as the only Star Wars thing that you can do really on the Xbox that's like with the Connect. Yeah. Uh, I could see kids probably enjoying it because you just like there's no I don't think kids really care about doing this like they don't really necessarily. Uh, I think kids yet. care about doing that's that. Older. Older. No, that's this. <laughs> I'm this. This is this is my hands like flat doing. Oh, that's not how you do it. Lightsaber. I know. Wow. <laughs> it wouldn't work that way for me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to play it some more and I'll try to write something up about it, even though it'll be painful, but it, it's, it is what it is, I guess, you know, I think we're all kind of expecting this. Once we saw the demos of it, we were like, oh, it's going to be that game. Yep. When uh, they showed the original gameplay, it looked extremely slow and I was like, they they just can't get it to work right. Yes. You know? the, the actual like non-dual fighting is pretty much just move as fast as you can up to the droid or lizard people and then chop them in half and then move as fast as you can to the next set of droid or lizard people and mm-hmm. chop them in half. Like it's, there's not really, there's no like strategy or force playing. Like it's just kind of yeah. move forward and wave your arm. Who are these lizard people? Are they like the guy who on shot first in Star Wars? Is it the Trandoshians, Scott? Yeah, they're like boss. Yeah. Like boss, yeah. the Trandoshians, yeah. Yeah. They're just they're like, like dinosaur faces. Hil- Hillary is referencing the Rodians, who are not the Trandoshians. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's no moon. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. Bosk was the bounty hunter, right? That's the gentleman, gentleman bounty hunter. From yes, he was. Robot chicken? Yeah. Robot chicken. Because <laughs> he always takes his shoes off when he goes into the room. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. The robot chicken Star Wars stuff is some of the best send up in Star Wars. Uh, anyway, so that's Star Wars Connect. I would honestly say don't even rent it unless you're a gigantic Star Wars fan. Otherwise, it's pretty non fun. I'm so, sorry. Non fun. Yeah, it's all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, guys. 
<laughs> I'll still have to get it. You know, I'll still have to get it. I know you will. And like I said, you'll you'll probably enjoy parts of it. I just don't think you'll enjoy the game as a whole. So Ash, you read a comic book. <laughs> proud of you. I did. I wrote a. I wrote. I wrote them. No, I read really? a series. I'm really uh, proud of you. Then. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I read a series of comic books by um Dragon Age author David Gator. Wait, and, did you? Uh, wait, you collected like monthlies? Um, no, I downloaded all of them when they were finally oh, done. Digital? Awesome. Yes, I did. I downloaded them on the Comicsology app, I believe. Cool. If not that, then the Dark Horse app, or if not that, then something else. But I have like 10, 10 apps, and I downloaded <laughs> one. I downloaded it on one of my apps. Can I just um, tell you that David Gator has a nickname for me? <laughs> oh, what is it? He calls me Bubbles. <laughs> oh. Is what? there a reason why he calls you Bubbles? <laughs> And he calls Holly of Crab Cat fame um, Dingo and Jessica Squeaky. <laughs> so it's Bubble, Squeaky, and Dingo. That's <laughs> awesome. so random. How, how did, I know. Is there a backstory as to how you got such a name? Um, a lot of drinking at PAX. I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> Bubbles probably has something to do with, with drinking at PAX, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. Because I, I saw how um, everyone looked the next day. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, my favorite was... <laughs> Hillary, you look a little tired. Maybe a bit lost. Thanks, Sarah. Ash. That's what every girl wants to hear. I look lost and tired. Perfect. Is that what I told you? Yes. Sorry. Ash has a specific way with the ladies that uh classy. Classy. No, really, I literally really I, impressive. I walked into the base and I'm like, I'm all awake. You know, I got my like ten hours of sleep. I'm like skipping <laughs> in, like, good morning, everyone. And like Hillary looks at me like she kind of looks like she had probably been bitten by a walker from The Walking Dead. But she's just... Oh my god! What? <laughs> See, this, yeah, this is part of that way. Wow, she's, skin she's, hanging she's off. Like, my, no, my not, you're, not, off. you're not dead. You didn't look like a zombie, but you look like you were like going to turn pretty soon. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? And you're like, it was a long night. <laughs> 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 I was like, I think Damn. I may have. I think I amassed about an hour of sleep the entire weekend. That's incredible. See, I yeah. I can no longer do that. I don't. Have the <laughs> I will ability. say the nerd appropriate crew is probably the most rested crew. <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, because no I one invited us anyway. No <laughs> one invited us anyway. We were like in amazing. bed by nine p.m. every night. You know, up at up at seven, we're like, let's go get some coffee and head to the con. Yeah, yeah. So, um, back to the Silent Grove. <laughs> Um, so Silent Grove, David Gator, um, really well-written uh, comic book series. And let me just ask um, Hillary this question. And Scott, you can answer this too because I know you've played Dragon Age. But Hillary, who is your favorite um, Dragon Age Origins character? Liliana. Okay. And how about your favorite Dragon Age Origins male character? Alistair. Okay, good. Or so, Colin. Oh, interesting. So – Alistair is the star of this, okay? Now let me ask you this. Who's your favorite Dragon Age 2 male character, supporting character? I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but Fenris. Okay. You're not going to get heat. I like Fenris. He was he was angsty. I liked mm -hmm. him. Um, and what about your favorite female in Dragon Side Age Hawk? 2? <laughs> yeah, with Sidehawk. Mm. I don't know. That's tough. I actually really liked um, Aveline, and I really liked. Uh, yeah, I'll just go with Aveline. Aveline's Aveline's pretty awesome. Okay, so 
you didn't answer exactly how I thought you were going to answer, but a lot of people <laughs> probably say that their favorite male character is Varric. Um, and their favorite female character would probably be Isabella, which is, you know, why probably uh, Dave Gator chose the characters that he did. So right. it's actually an adventure starring Alistair, Varric, and Isabella all together on a single adventure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it is, yeah, it's really cool. It's canonical. It actually takes place, you know, in between Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age 3. Yet to be announced, Dragon Age 3. <laughs> and um, it is a story um, that I, I don't want to spoil anything, but they go on an adventure that digs deep into Alistair's past and um, also has a lot to do with the Witch of the Wilds and um, ties in heavily with the backstories of uh, Alistair and a little bit of Isabella as well. So it is a cool adventure story. The only negative thing I think it suffers from is um, what I like to call rushed comic book syndrome. Um, and you guys will probably understand what I'm talking about when like all of a sudden they'll, they'll talk, 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 and there'll be a fight scene in the comic and the fight scene will be a panel and a half. And then it'll, <laughs> this fight scene will be over and you're like, where was the fight scene that I was waiting for? You know, and a lot of books mm. do that when they're trying to rush to the, the next, art, like, art yeah, a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the only, my only qualm with it is that I wish like it would have been longer because it is, um, you know, I think it was only five issues long or six issues long. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, especially if you're a Dragon Age fan. Um, uh, David Gator fan it is awesome. So uh, go ahead and download uh, Dragon Age The Silent Grove and check it out. It was good. Yay. Smash. Yeah. Greatest comic book movie ever or greatest comic book movie ever? Hands down, greatest comic book movie ever of all comic book movies. Yes. Yeah. And I got to say, um, I still have the warm fuzzies right now, but it's probably on my top 10 action films list of all time. Really? I yeah. would wow. I would be inclined to agree with you. Uh, the Avengers is what we're talking about. Came out this past Friday domestically and uh, directed by Joss Whedon starring – the Avengers. I mean, they're all, they've all had movies <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, except for Mark Ruffalo, who is now the Hulk, which was previously Edward Norton. But um, who was great, by the way. I don't know why anybody had any hangups about Mark Ruffalo being yeah. the Hulk. But, um, yeah. So the story kind of follows the Avengers actually assembling for the first time and them fighting with Loki, uh, who has been banished since the Thor movie. And kind of, you saw, if you watched all the extra scenes after the other movies, you kind of saw him coming back um, in a certain way. So he is back and they, and they go to war essentially with Loki in this movie. Yeah. Um, so obviously we want to remain still cause it's, it's very new uh, spoiler free as possible, but Ash, what were your thoughts on this movie? Well, here's, here's my situation. This, this movie for me is a, is a, a huge deal because I um, grew up being a Joss Whedon fan. Um, you know, I watched Buffy since it was on, you know, end of the first seasons when it was on, you know, WB. And um, I've always loved the guy's writing. I've met the guy a handful of times and I, I absolutely love everything Joss has done. So I'm a total fanboy. And the fact that it, to me, this is such a victory for nerds everywhere because, um, He's such a genuine, nice guy. The fact that someone gave him this franchise and, and and said, do your thing, and he did his thing, and his thing worked so well, it's just – it's a first of all, it's a miracle. But second of all, um, it's just a huge triumph for, for nerds everywhere. I think it's it's amazing. So 
you know, it's a testament to great writing and to honesty and to, um, to creativity. So definitely. And, and to your point on the great writing, um, he ha- he does it because I think the biggest fear leading into this movie was that uh, it was going. How are they going to get all of these big personalities into one story? You know how how do you gather Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and uh, you know Thor and all these characters that they've put together in these in singular stories and say oh make them a unit now and make it cohesive and work? And what Joss Whedon I think executed on was creating a story about people that are super, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it was about superheroes. It was about these characters that happen to have superpowers that get dragged into this gigantic action scene war kind of thing. And it's just, it was just, I mean, with maybe, I mean, I don't know. It was borderline flawless for me. I I watched the whole thing. was just like blown away from scene one to to the end. It it was, it was awesome. I just loved it. Absolutely and, incredible. And I don't know about you, but the theater I was in was, this was a Monday night and it was probably still three quarters full at 9 PM on a Monday night. And the crowd during certain scenes was just going nuts. Oh, I mean, yeah. like yeah. cheering and screaming and like yelling for characters. Like yeah. it was, it was craziness throughout the thing. And this is on day four of it being out, you know? Well, one of the things about this that is is just a first of all a miracle. Um, <laughs> the whole this shouldn't have worked. I mean, the whole yeah. concept of okay, so we're gonna make you know six movies and then we're gonna tie them all together with a big movie and then we're gonna keep making other movies and have them all be one big part of a cohesive universe. That's never been done in the history of filmmaking ever. Um, and the fact that this like you know the climax of this, the Avengers, actually works and is working to the level you know, the level that it's reached, we talked about its financial success earlier is, is it's unbelievable. And, um, what it, what it does is it not only has people excited about comic books again, but it also has people excited about adventure, excited about heroics, uh, just excited about something positive. Like the overall message of the Avengers is a very positive one. It's unity. Mm -hmm. Um, people from diverse backgrounds coming together to overcome evil and, you know, not to sound all cheesy, but it is a really fun and, and uplifting movie that is, is really, really positive. So did, did it's you great. Not, did you not feel like he managed to take the elements of the previous Marvel movies? So, like, Iron Man, I felt like, was what a fun comic book movie could be. Like, it was like, oh, comic book movies can be fun, but yet really good at the same time. You know, that was Iron Man to me. Captain America was like, go USA, kind of like, you know, like, fun, patriotic movie. Yeah. Thor was like totally mystical and kind of just otherworldly. Um, and, and the Hulk, you know, which is all about this like singular character and kind of how somebody goes through uh, dealing with inner demons and things like that. Like, I feel like he took the essence of all four of those stories and just mashed it into this just massive tale of this team. He just, he is just, yeah. he did, he did a phenomenal job with this, this set of characters. Yeah, yeah. It, it is unbelievable. It made me feel like, like the way I always was thinking about it was that Batman Begins made me realize you could do a comic book movie and make it good. Iron Man was the movie that made me realize, wow, you can hold true to a story and make it fun and make it really feel like the comic book that I used to read. And this movie made me feel like, holy shit, look what you can do with a comic book. Like, it's like, oh my God, they can make amazing movies based off of this stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. You just need about $250 million and some of the best <laughs> actors on the planet. <laughs> I don't, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Paramount or Disney or Marvel are, are regretting that, that expenditure no, at this point. Not. And, you know, I don't know who um, – <laughs> Who made the call like, hey, let's let's hire this Joss Whedon guy because yeah. we think he has the chops. But he's never done anything even remotely close to this before. If you look at his – the things he's directed in the past, um, he he barely has any work working on like full-length features. He's done a lot of TV. Of course, he did um, the Serenity movie. But in terms of something of this scale, absolutely not. I mean so that – um, someone trusted in him and whoever that, that person was that made that final decision, whether it be the executive producer or the studio as a whole, which it probably was, um, that was a, just a brave, brave thing. Cause it could have been a total fucking disaster. Yeah. Uh, but just to like gush for one second, that final fight scene, which by the way is about 35 long. minutes long. <laughs> yeah. It's like a 35 minute long fight scene, which is probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on screen. In my entire life, um, just wow. yeah. Oh, if you you can't even uh, fathom like what what happens, it's so good. It's just so it's good and so full of, of ups and downs. He just pulls you through that fight, and it, it's just yeah. it's just awesome. I mean, it really yeah. is. So, I mean, the best thing I think you can take away from this is that I think there was weirdly a lot of apprehension about this movie. I mean, at least I heard it about you know whether they were going to pull off so many characters or whether Joss Whedon could really do a movie and make it great. Uh, it's worth worth it. Absolutely worth it. I would actually say don't see it in 3D. I did. Um, I would say don't. It, the theater I saw it in was dark, and it was the 3D doesn't help that. It makes it darker. Uh, but uh, do see it in IMAX. IMAX is probably worth it. Awesome. Awesome. So go. On, the, on the epic scale, is it as epic as, like, I don't know, Avatar? Yeah, yeah, I think it destroys Avatar. It destroys Avatar. I love really? Avatar. Yeah, I love Avatar, but Hillary, I'm telling you, this movie is. Not... <laughs> I'm telling you, if you if you lived in Orlando, we would go right now. Yeah. I would just, oh I would, yeah, seriously, it's, we would we would go. I would go right now. It is extremely again. extremely good. So. Oh. Very very good. Cool. So Scott, yeah. I know you played this at PAX, but uh, Fable Heroes. I'm actually slightly piqued by this because this is the Xbox Live game, right? Yeah, it's um. It's like a four-player, semi-cooperative, kind of like hack-and-slash that's sort of set in like a friendly kind of setting. Is it? So it's like the, the characters look more like Toon characters. Yeah. And it's uh, sort of a 2D, 3D, like not fully 3D, but like sort of in the same style of um, Castle Crashers, you know? That's what I was going to ask. Is it reminiscent of Castle Crashers? Um, I guess it is, but it isn't. The strange thing... Um, about this game is it sort of like stresses a little bit more competition than similar four-player, you know, like arcade-style fighting games, which I thought was a little like off-putting. But um, pretty much it takes place in um, the Fable universe, even though it's like Toon characters. And um, you have a number of characters that you can choose from and more that you can unlock the more you play. And all the characters have different abilities and strengths and weaknesses. And it's, I mean, it's basically just a hack and slash, but they throw in some interesting um, wrinkles on the game by having some branching paths um, in the levels and taking certain paths. Like you can, you know, you're supposed they encourage you to go back and try the other paths because they lead to different sort of like mini games within the game. And then um, the thing that, that I thought was really fascinating that I didn't get to see at PAX was after you complete a level, you take all the money that you have and you use that to upgrade your character. But 
you can only upgrade certain things and the way they decide what you get to upgrade is that you have like you somehow roll dice and your characters move around on like this board game so it's like after you leave the level like yeah. you're transported to like a world view where you see all the places you go and then it takes you over to this like board game in the corner of the map and i don't know how you get rolls but you basically take a roll the character moves around the board you land on a spot and then you decide if you want to take the upgrade. interesting if you want to buy the upgrade that's on that spot it's really, really yeah. So it kind of randomizes what you might be able to upgrade. Yeah. And the thing that was like a little more strange is that I played the demo by myself and I was able to roll for all of the three um, NPC characters that were like, you know, the CPU controlled characters that were on my team. Huh. So it almost made it sound like I was upgrading characters for my like entire account. Like all of the characters were under my control in, in a certain way, but wow. Um, and I think you can take, you know, you then take those characters online and play, like, you know, against people on Xbox or with people. And it's kind of cool the way they do it. Like, if you're not really, like, into the super competitive thing, they do have, like, a family setting where, um, you know, if you want to play cooperatively, fully cooperatively, you put it on family setting and all the money is, like, shared together. So when you kill enemies, they drop gold. You use that gold to, you know, you take that to the board game, and that's when you upgrade your characters. So I think... Cool. I think in that sense, the game has a lot of replay value to A, upgrade your characters, B, um, unlock and use new characters, and then also like replay the levels like with better characters and with other people online. Huh. So it's like, I think it's like a 800 Microsoft points. And from what I understand, the game is supposed to tie in somehow with the goal that you collect and the items that you unlock into the Fable Journeys game somehow. So I, I think there's some connection between this and the upcoming like connect fable game. So that was my two, my two questions were, um, is it pop in, pop out? Like if I see you're on, can I jump in and play with you or is it? Um, I think it is. I want to say yes. I don't know how it would work because of the money, like the gold system. Uh, right. But I seem to think that's something, it's not like the levels are short enough where like I could finish a level, you could jump in and we'd start the next level together. Okay. You know, um, so it's not impossible. And then the only other question was, does this even feel like a Fable game anymore, or is it... It doesn't. That's the thing. Is that, like, you know, if you're used to Fable, you expect, um, you know, having these, like, choices and the dialogue and the sort of being good and evil and what you do, like, affects the universe in different ways. They have, like, parts in the game where you can choose to be good or evil, but it's really just, like, you pick good and you get one type item, you pick evil, you get a different type. And I didn't play enough of the demo to see if that has like some kind of long term impact on your character or on the game. Right. Um, but it's really like, I think at its core, it's really just meant to be a party game with like some cooperative yeah. slash um, competitive elements and um, just like something fun to do. Like if you're a fan of Castle Crashers, like you should definitely check this out. Um, it definitely, I mean, it doesn't really have like that same kind of like magical polish that Castle Crashers has, but it's, I, I think it's still a fun game and, I feel like the more that you play it, the the more of it you'll get to see. I feel like what you saw at PAX, like, really only scratched the surface of the core gameplay. Yeah. And not not maybe of of everything else that might be sort of under the hood. Okay. Yeah. So 800 Microsoft points tie into Fable Journeys. Maybe worth a look at the demo if you're interested in that kind of gameplay. Yeah. So the question that I think everyone's thinking, maybe not, maybe it's just me, in Fable <laughs> Heroes, can you kick chickens? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're actually, the, the, on the first level that you play, you can actually choose, like, when you get to the end of the level and there's a fork in the road, one fork, I think, takes you to a boss, and the other fork takes you to, like, 
a mini game where you have to kick chickens at your yes. at your <laughs> opponents. Yeah. You know. And I think the chickens like are are rigged to explode, so like the last person standing wins the challenge or whatever. But yeah, there is chicken kicking. You, you just sold Yay. Hillary. She's excited now. <laughs> uh, so last up and really quickly, uh, I usually try to get fit a comic of the week of some sort into the podcast just so we can talk about comic books because I think they're fun and they're good and they're cheap and a great way to entertain yourself. And this week uh, I went to Free Comic Book Day, and I will admit to you guys that I am 100% a cover whore. Um, If a cover looks really good on a comic book, 90% of the time I will pick it up just to read it for no reason whatsoever. Right. Uh, But this week was a twofer because this, I don't know if you're going to see it. That's the cover. Whoa. That's cool. It's called Infinite Horizon, and it is art by Phil Noto. Oh, nice. And I tend to pick up anything he does just because we know him, and and I, you know, all I know is absolutely not the truth i always like i think it's like a win for the little guy even though he's like a massive name in comic books and makes fine art that he sells in france and shit he literally does not need me to purchase a comic book but (laughs) but anyways uh it's really awesome uh writer is jerry a guy named jerry dugan or duggan um and all the arts by phil noto it actually got started in 2007 they just completed it in 2011 and it's only eight books long i think and then uh, they just collected it in March, and it got released as a as a collection right now. It follows the story of this guy, the captain, and it's basically the Odyssey, um, but set in like a post-apocalyptic near future. And uh, the guy gets shipped off to war, I think, in in um, Serbia, I believe. He gets shipped off to war there, and then it's the story of him making the trek back home and making it cool. Home. And he leads a small band of guys. He fights a Cyclops halfway through it, which is really awesome. Uh, And it it really does follow the Odyssey pretty closely um, in tone and in kind of storyline of this soul guy trying to make it back to his family and make it home. But it's an awesome book. It's unique. It's not really, you know, superhero-y or anything like that. so pick it up. It's called The Infinite Horizon. It just got collected. It should be at all comic book stores. And I, ha- I also wanted to make note that I am I have joined Ash's team, I guess, if this is a team Ash is on, which is uh, all of my single-issue comics I have gone 100% digital. Uh, I've stopped uh, buying single-issue comics. It just takes up too much space, man. Look behind it me does. over my right shoulder. Mine are all right here yeah. next to my desk. You see that <laughs> pile of boxes that I have yeah. to tote with me yeah. for the rest of my life yeah mine are all right <laughs> next to my desk and but i think when it comes to collections even even some collections i'll buy digitally digitally but sometimes i go in a store and i see it and you know 15 bucks and i'll pick it up and get to read a whole story so mm-hmm. i enjoy that but it's called infinite horizon it's on image yeah image comics phil noto jerry duggan it's very good pick it up awesome. cool i like the sound of it man yes Okay, we'll be back uh, shortly with our Twitter question of the week, which is what game, movie, or television series would you help create with unlimited resources? See you in a few. back with our uh, 
Twitter question. I, maybe we shouldn't call it a Twitter question anymore since we posted to our website. It's the question of the week. The open thread. Nerd appropriate question of the week TM. Um, circle R. Circle R. Mailed myself with a stamp on it. Um, so t- the question this week was what game, movie, or television series would you help create with unlimited resources? Um, the first response is from um, Phillips underscore Beth who says Ava Braun is time traveling secret agent sent to kill Hitler falls in love instead period the musical. Oh man. <laughs> is this a reference to something? I was trying to figure this out the entire time. I, I would guess that it's not. Oh, right? Okay. It's just a very creative answer to this question. Yeah. I, I like it. the whole Ava Braun uh, time traveling sent to kill Hitler, but then the falls in love slash the musical. <laughs> I, don't, the I don't know if I'd actually like to watch that. That's the so I'm taking it you're not a Smash fan. I love Smash. <laughs> I no? I just Nobody? I'm not a, I'm Nobody? just not a Hitler nope. fan. <laughs> oh god. Okay, I'm not either. Way to stick your neck last out name like Shapiro, oh, yeah, you know. Way to stick your neck out. <laughs> <laughs> Ash going out on a limb. I don't like yes, Hitler. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. I need to rock the boat right. here, but not a fan of Hitler. <laughs> okay, Ash, well why don't you read the next one? Uh, Johnny Fuller, uh, at Johnny Fuller on Twitter says, I would make a game TV movie of the Runaways. Um, Brian K. BKB. Vaughn. What's that? What's that? Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn and new, uh, new young Marvel superheroes plus perfect origin equals money. So Runaways would be pretty cool. Yeah. That was, was another Joss Whedon penned project. It was. I thought Brian K. Vaughn wrote Runaways. Well, I think Whedon did part of the run. Oh, didn't did they? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but yeah. He wrote it for a while, but um, so that'd be cool. And Johnny is uh, an old friend of ours from from back in the day. So thanks, right Johnny. Right Does anybody on. understand the next one and want to read that? Nope. Did I'll read it, but I don't get it. <laughs> we looked this up last week, didn't we? Did we? I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, okay. you better, because I don't remember what this one was. Because if it's like, you know. It, well, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so Terry Masson, Mason, Masson, Talarin said, um, Malazan. It's a, it's a book. I'm not going to read that. (laughs) It's a book set in Malazan. Okay. It's like a world. Malazan is a world. It's the book series, right? Yeah. There's like a series of books. Yeah. And I almost started reading that. Thanks for the (laughs) updating. That's Ash. That's almost definitely Ash. That would have been really bad. Okay. Where's the answer? Like, I want to be the CEO of my Xbox. Like, that's. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I don't know what Malazan is either. I'm sorry, but I think um, there are a couple whole... things here that are, you know, people have a lot of projects and, and passions that we don't know anything about. So I love being exposed to new stuff. So that's pretty cool. There's a whole wiki based on it. This actually looks kind of cool. I might read this on Malazan. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Oh, Terry. I look it up. Yeah, it looks kind of yeah. cool. Look it up. Yeah, do you want to? Do you want to read our next response from uh, podcast friend uh, from Press to Reset? Sure. From podcast friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Nate Hales, which is at nhales80, follow him for press to reset stuff, is uh, I would bring back Terriers. Good Lord, I love that show. I am ashamed to say I did not watch this show, and it's like right in my wheelhouse. It's uh, It was an FX show that came on right after Louie for a long time, and the actor in it is a, is a comedian. I can't remember his name, but uh, it followed like him, and he was like a, a dude. I don't know the rest of the story. He was a dude of some sort. But yeah, it got really good ratings. I mean, it got really good press and horrible ratings and ended up getting canceled. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
It's a sad day when that happens to our favorite shows. It is. It is. Jericho. Hmm. Yes. Oh, I'm supposed to tell the story. Uh, this will be brief. I know we're running long. Ryan Clark worked for Nielsen when Jericho got uh, canceled, mm-hmm. and they had the Send the Peanuts campaign. They showed up at Ryan's office. Like, truckloads of peanuts showed up at wow. Ryan's office. At Nielsen? At Nielsen. They sent them to Nielsen for whatever wow. reason. That's hilarious. My my day job works with Nielsen. I don't yeah, know I would, actually, yeah. now that I think about it. Yeah. Daytime job. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> craziness. So, Code Marla says, Final Fantasy VII, I just improved the graphics, so I'd keep everything else the same. The battle story and text dialogue is perfect. Mm. Would she keep the part the same where I got stuck in the carnival and then never could get out of it and then just quit the game because I couldn't get it at that point? <laughs> Did you break the chocobo race? Is that what I, happened? Yeah, I broke I broke something in the carnival and I couldn't I couldn't leave the carnival. Like I didn't do something I was supposed to and I could never get out. So maybe improve the graphics and a little more QA and the game is good to go. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd play it again. Sure, I would too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love. Uh, uh, or maybe I would like to put voiced actors in there. You would. I would, yeah. How about this, Ash? Before you read the next one, why don't you give your answer? Uh, I sort of have a selfish answer. Okay. Because like, well, be I don't know, five or five or six years ago, as like a an exercise to see if I could do it, I wrote a movie, mm. um, a feature, and uh, I never really show it to anyone because it's like one of those things that's like a you know you okay. don't want to show people like your your, your private baby. parts. I knew you were gonna say penis. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I've been waiting you know, for a penis reference you, this entire you, you episode. Gotta, you got to save it for those that are that are near and dear to you, and then you you whip it out when it's time. So wow, until, until it's time, you just you keep it you keep it under wraps. You know, camera what I mean? up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I wrote this this um, this screenplay, and um, I you know in my head it would be awesome. Um, but I would love if I had unlimited budget, of course, like if someone said here, you know, have unlimited money. That's the first thing I would probably do. I would can we even get, get someone a- to polish it up and then I would make it and it would be awesome. That is awesome. Can we even get a hint to the plot? Uh, sure. It it takes, well, I mean, this is why it'll never be made because it would cost like $500 million to make, but it, it takes place during World War II and it's about a, um, a young girl that works for the OSS and she's a code breaker and she's never known her father before. Um, and her father was a, a deep cover agent for, you know, the OSS before the OSS existed. Mm-hmm. And, um, he went missing in, um, in Germany a long time ago, sort of during the rise of the Nazi party. And she gets a secret message from him, um, that he needs help, and she's the only one that can go get him. And it's sort that of her- is awesome. Are you that kidding? Is awesome. I want to read that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I mean, it it gets a little crazy. There's like, you know, I mean, sure. it's me. I think so you there's, need to share this with the nerd appropriate. So, so there's kind of monsters uh, and stuff too. So it's a monster movie. Monsters. I believe yeah. this needs to go up in Google Docs and needs to be shared with the nerd appropriate crew. There, there Agreed. are tanks too. It has tanks. Do it. And planes. And, and it has spy chicks because I'm totally into spy chicks. So copyright that shit. It is copyrighted. Yeah, there it's registered with WGA and everything. So I'm not dumb. But so yeah, nice. so that's what I would do. So that's um, my secret. My secret. Awesome. Well, that's amazing. That is yeah. amazing, awesome. and probably better than any other answer that's going to happen from us. This. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You want to read Platinum Fist? 
Sure. Um, we have an answer from Platinum Fist, uh, who says, with unlimited resources, um, Platinum Fist would make a Half-Life film. There has to be a point where stigma attached to video games, movies is broken. And that's a great, that's a great mm -hmm. thing. And for a while, there was a stigma attached to comic book films, but that has since been shattered. So hopefully one day the same thing happens for video game films. This movie will never happen, unfortunately for us as fans, but probably fortunately, because I think Valve will never do it unless it gets done the way Valve wants it done. And I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. yeah. It'll be released only on Steam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm afraid of the week. next one. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence Cohn, Dieball 1987. This is his opinion only. Mass Effect 3 <laughs> yeah. to make the entire game more divergent. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. that's fair. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on. So then I'll read right. Taryn Casey's. <laughs> at Taryn Casey, who wants to be a musician, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. said, uh, I would help create a Firefly RPG video game with the original cast, Joss Whedon, and the writers of the show. Ooh, you know that what, would I, be fascinating. what I thought of when I read this is how great a Telltale version would be of yeah. Firefly. Yeah. You know, just after playing Walking Dead and seeing how great that translated, oh my God. Um, get the original voice cast of Firefly in, mm -hmm. and that could be I a beautiful experience. I think they would experience. all do it, too, honestly. They yeah. would all do it, absolutely. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Kickstart it. Done. Yeah. Done. Done. Already made the Kickstarter. You heard it here first. Telltale, oh Firefly game. Um, so Justin Banks says, with unlimited resources, I'd keep Eureka on the air. That or I'd reboot Quantum Leap. Which oh, is good a, call. Not a bad idea. Not a Quantum bad Leap. idea. Good One call. of the best episodes ever was the uh, uh, JFK episode. Who would you cast as the main character in Quantum Leap if it were if it were done today? The guy that played Screech on Saved by the Bell. Shut up. <laughs> how about how about Mark Paul Gossler? <laughs> what, what is happening? Yeah. Skeet. You just want Skeet all over everything. Oh God, no. What? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, Tillery's fault. It is. Yes. Talking about Clearly. Skeet all the time. Skeet. Sorry, why don't you answer the question then? And then read, okay. read Ryan's afterwards. Okay, well, Ash kind of threw a stick in my spoke, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Never mind. Um, I don't know what spoke, that's... Huh? <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I was going to say something like that, so I'm not going to say that now. So I'm going to say um, I would remake... Well, I would actually not remake, but I would make the next three Star Wars movies. So the ones like, after oh, Return of the Jedi. The post? Nice. The post. Would you make the, the post ones. Would you make the fake ones like that are a on? Secret, do you have a secret project of your own that you like want to see made? Is there something like... I, I am a writer. <laughs> well, well, I want to know. I want to know about it. Tell, no, tell I do. I, no, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But oh, okay. <laughs> yours okay. is too awesome. I don't want to go after that. Oh, no. Mine, <laughs> mine's not that awesome. <laughs> For people that have read it, trust me. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go. But I'll, I'll stick with my Star Wars answer. And that's, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm 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 pretty sure that that saying is stick in my spoke or stick in the spoke, so I'm gonna stick by that one too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so Ryan at Physics for Poets says Red Dead Two or La Noire Two with unlimited AI generated stories and consequences. <laughs> fart noise. <laughs> he put fart noise in there because he generally makes a joke every time he does this, and that was a serious answer for once. Back back when we had Ryan on the podcast, he like went crazy talking about um all of his like 
opinions about L.A. Noir, L.A. Noir. the Divergent storylines. and uh, He wrote you know, the review for our site. Oh, yeah. It was, if you want to read a 10-page review, which is a great review of, this, of the game. It, it was like a dissertation. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Wow. And he's playing, he's like, like you're playing Fallout right now, Hillary. He's playing Red Dead 2, or Red Dead 1 at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and loving it, and just got through Mexico, so. It is good cool. times. Good times. Yeah, it's um, the fart noise is what makes that tweet. It is. That's so good. <laughs> it is. serious. Makes it got a fart noise. Matt, have you answered the question yet? Do you want to do Jesse? No. Uh, mine is totally a knee-jerk reaction to me seeing the Avengers last night, but uh, I want another X-Men movie, but I want uh, one with Apocalypse. I want an Apocalypse X-Men movie. That's cool. Because after seeing... I don't think this ruins after Well, basically, after seeing The Avengers, I feel like they could do something less grounded in, uh, you know, Magneto, essentially, and do something more far-reaching. And Apocalypse has been one of my favorite villains of all time in the Marvel Universe. So... I would I would absolutely love to see that movie. I think it'd be amazing. That would be pretty incredible, man. The Age of Apocalypse was one of my favorite stories as a kid. You got to pick now you're doing digital, you got to pick up that Uncanny X-Force Age of Apocalypse run. It's I will. Really, really good. I'll definitely uh, So our good buddy Axel99 Jesse Lamb says um to answer the podcast question, which I'm assuming means she tweeted a bunch of other things at us. I'd love to see Heavy Rain and Alan Wink Alan Wake as a full-length TV series. If only because they have this whole Twin Peaks thing going for them. On that note, Indigo Prophecy as well. Scott, you played Indigo Prophecy, right? I did. It was um, it was the same studio that did Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. It was, uh, Quantic Dream. They also did, um, for Jesse Lamb, I don't know if she's ever played it, but she could play uh, Omicron, the Nomad Soul, and uh, David Bowie's in that game, <laughs> for anyone that's interested. Wow. <laughs> it's a really bizarre game if you like what they were you know what indigo prophecy was all about wow. it's not like interactive fiction like that one was but it's just equally bizarre so i feel like so, heavy, yeah. heavy rain and alan wake is like a like a no-brainer almost right yeah because they are like i mean alan wake is like twin peaks like she said and then heavy rain is kind of like a movie with yeah. just like you have the you have those choices in the game um yeah. so it would definitely work it would it would all be great so i think that leaves your answer scott um i don't i I couldn't really think of anything great, but I, I've always wanted, and I think the, um, what was that black and white film that won all the Oscars? The Artist. Year? The Artist. That was like sort of the, the um, you know, the stick in the spokes for me, but I, I always thought like. Stick in the big, spokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I, it's a I'm, real idiom, yes? <laughs> yeah. I, it is now, if it's not before. <laughs> I've always been a big fan of like, um old school like movies like in sort of like the way that they were technicolored and yeah um i like things like you know like white christmas you know musicals and like old james bond films and i would like to see someone do you know like you know like that movie a serious like version of those old movies and it could be a musical or it couldn't be but like i think like stuff like that you know like kind of vaudeville type things that happened back then like don't really have a place in this like culture and i think it'd be cool to see like a totally like weird movie that was like colorized and had like singing and dancing, some of that weird like fifties like charm to it. And I think what makes the artist so amazing is that it it's not just a fifties movie. They use a lot of modern kind of cinematic tropes mm-hmm. to tell this story in the way of an old silent film from the from the thirties. Um and that that's kind of what makes it amazing is is 
the the story that they tell is very modern, but the the medium they tell it in is very very much an ode to the classics. Yeah, so I think I'd want to see something like that, but thrown back to that, you know, the era, like the yeah. 50s era, as opposed to like the 30s era. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And then if I didn't have that, like the old movies, the old movies have that that one accent. Yeah, like yeah. weird, not British, but kind of British accent. Ah, check out the weird. Game. Weird. I don't even. Yeah, like yeah. The, oh, that. that one, the gangster accent. You like that? No, no, like the yeah, way all the Shane. women talked in those movies. Like, uh, I think that would be fabulous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla? Yeah, sarsaparilla. Yeah. Come on, Carousel Progress, where you been? Where so 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 have that in California. Sports. Oh, you don't I'm have like Carousel Bottle Caps? Progress. Sunset Sarsaparilla? No. Uh, well, that's it. New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> New Vegas. That's just your punchline to things. Yes. New Vegas. New Vegas. That's the end. That is the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening to Rated NA episode 58. As always, you can follow us at Nerd Appropriate. Um, you can find us other places too, right, Matt? Sure. <laughs> just look for Nerd Appropriate places. Just or Google it. We are truly it, the only ones anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> You'll find us. It's cool. <laughs> Wow, that's some marketing. Hey, you know what? They haven't found us by now. <laughs> so you can find us on Facebook slash Facebook. You can look for us on Google Plus, which uh, it got announced today or this week that Hangouts are now public. We can do that thing. So we may be moving to Google Plus for our podcast, which would mean we could share this live with a bunch of people and hang out and have a good time chatting and, and doing our podcast. Very um, and then you can email us all at Ash, Matt, or Scott at Nerd Appropriate and one day Hillary. It just takes me setting up something probably. <laughs> uh, I think I do that stuff. Fine. <laughs> and then uh, I think when she admits that the East Coast is better than the West Coast, I'll happily give her an email. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I'm not getting an email. <laughs> Ooh. And the war continues. Wow. But you can tweet at me. Just tweet at me at Hillary Heskett. And it's H-I-L-A-R-Y-H-E-S-K-E-T-T. So one L-T-T's. Give I'll her see you on Twitter. I really, I really want you to turn that into a catchphrase, like Hillary Heskett won L two T's, or I don't know how, I don't know what you're gonna say. That, somehow that sounded dirty. <laughs> oh, that does sound dirty. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. One yeah, L two T's. I'm the girl that likes to please. Wow. Wow. Is that you bad? Yeah. <laughs> we should just stop right there. That's perfect. <laughs> wow.